Lamed Sivan, Rosh Chodesh Tammuz, Tafshin Pei, coming to you live from the home office of Ariel Tours in my apartment in Brooklyn, New York. I'm Mayor Weingarten. Welcome to the Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network. Rufainu Hashem, Heal Us God is our coronavirus theme song. We played uh, at the opener, as the opener, at the opening during the coronavirus period. And uh, we'll keep doing that until uh, this uh, thing is licked, till we have won the battle. 
hopefully soon. Welcome, welcome, one and all. Welcome into this week's edition of the Israel Show. My name is Mayor Weingarten. We are here each and every Monday, immediately following JM and the AM. That's 9 a.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Israel Time, and around the world, wherever you are, whatever time it is, that is the time that we are on. Special show today. Really um, put some work into it. Uh, I, I think it's, uh, I, I've called it jokingly, uh, but somewhat it's true. It's a, a seminar on, on journalism, of right versus left in the journalistic uh, media. And um, I've come to this uh, as a result of a specific interview that took place last week in Israel between someone uh, on the far left and a uh, interviewer journalist who is um, personally more on the right and to see how that interview takes place and how the I, I think it's the playbook the handbook that the left uses to to get away with not answering questions basically and how it ended up I think that'll be very interesting uh, to to follow, and that's why I'm doing this. Hopefully, it will. Um, I'm sure it'll be interesting to everybody. It really it, it is, and the consequences also uh, are interesting in this case as well. So uh, that's what we're going to focus on today. One this one subject will we we will bring you some music in and out of it. Um, but we hope that you will, I hope, that you will stay with us um, for the for for the duration of the show or go to the archives, which you can find on the app under archives, or you can find them also... Um, where else can you find the... Oh, on, on NachumSiegel.com. I'm sorry, I, I'm somewhat uh, distracted and I apologize for that on NachumSiegel.com you can click on the archives and you'll find them there Um, just um, a note a book that has been out in Hebrew for a while and uh, has now come out in English it's in hardcover I assume eventually it'll come out in softcover but it's called The War of Return The War of Return how Western indulgence of the Palestinian dream has obstructed the path to peace. Written by Adi Schwartz and Einat Wolf, E-I-N-A-T, Wilf, I'm sorry, Wilf, W-I-L-F. And um, worthwhile reading. Pick it up in the library, you can buy it. Um, I don't usually do too much book recommending, but I think this will give you um, if you have the patience to sit and read through this kind of um, nonfiction, this is worth it. Um, okay, we'll do a song, and then we'll uh, then we'll start our seminar <laughs> on journalism. My name is Mayor Weingarten. You're tuned to the Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network. Chodesh Tov. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. 
That's our tribute to um, Rosh Chodesh, Rosh Chodesh Tammuz, day one. Ya Yavo. My name is Mayor Weingarten, you're tuned to the Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network, and I don't know why so many things are going a little kooky today, but I can't hear myself for some reason. Hello? All right, as long as you can hear me, that's fine. Just weird that I can't hear me. Okay, I have to get used to it. So, here's how we're going to start out. First, I have to define a term that's going to be used throughout this um, this seminar <laughs> that we're having. The term is Nakba. It's an Arab word which... Unfortunately, the Israeli public has adopted because the news media and the uh, academia have adopted it, and so it becomes part of the vocabulary, very similar to the word intifada. Back in the day, in the early years of the state and before the state, uh, the Zionist movement would never agree to adopt the Arabs' term for something that they're doing against us. For example, 
um, it wasn't called Intifada. It was called Me'oraot Tarpat. The, the, the incidents, the terror, the terror spree, whatever it was called. But, um, but this unfortunately is part of the psychosis that we have on the left in Israel of, um, embracing too much of the enemy's side of things. So the term Nakba, the Arabs recently, recently probably a decade or so, maybe a little more, coined this phrase, which means in Arabic, disaster. And they use it to describe Israel's war of independence. So the Arabs tell themselves and the world the story that Israel, they're being thrown out of their land and their homes by Israeli mil- Israel's military. They leave out the fact, the part of the story, that the Arab world all ganged up and attacked Israel at the first moment that they were able to when the British left, even before they left, attacked Israel from every possible side, Egypt to the south, Syria, Jordan, even forces from Iraq came over to to help out in this attack. I think it's historically very well documented. And Israel, with a very small army, uh, made up to a great extent of Holocaust survivors, with very little arms, in in a miraculous, in a miracle that is comparable only to the Six Day War, if you ask me, was able to beat back all these armies and not only be left with the part of Eretz Yisrael that was uh, allotted by the UN but even gained a little area, a little bit of uh, space of territory so the Arabs decide that they're going to leave out that part that that they attacked Israel, that they proclaimed over and over and over that they're going to wipe out all the Jews and this, by the way, these proclamations that they're going to wipe out all the Jews, that wasn't just in 48, that was that goes back to, you know, the, the early part of that century so that's a definition of, of terms Nakba in Israel, uh, there's a law that was passed, and the reason the, the law basically outlaws um, having uh, public commemorations of the Nakba. It's as if in America, and, and who knows, we may be getting there, as if in America there would be public commemorations denouncing the War of Independence and the establishment of the United States and the Constitution, all that. I, I, I guess we are getting there, right? The anarchists and all those crazies. So, there are crazies all over, I guess. Okay. Now, this interview, I'm going to give you a little bit of of the background. This is an interview program that's been on for, for quite a while and gets decent ratings. Nightly news interview show. It's on Israel's public television. This is sponsored by the government. Israel taxpayer money goes to pay for this uh, television station as well as their other media that they have Khan Echad that's right Khan is the what replaced Rishud Hashidur the Israel Broadcast Authority so on Saturday night two weeks ago there was a protest in Tel Aviv headed by a coalition of Israel 
radical left organizations and Arab organizations to protest the pending possible annexation by Israel of parts of Yehudan Shamron. At the protest, there were a few thousand people there. There were many, I mean, people say a sea of PLO flags. People held signs protesting, of course, the occupation. And there were also placards decrying the 72 years of occupation, the Nakba, meaning at this protest in Tel Aviv, organized by Jewish and Arab organizations, radical left one, they all they held up tons of PLO flags. They decried the, the Nakba, which is the actual founding of the State of Israel. They're protesting the fact that Israel exists. And they sang from the stage, believe it or not, the PLO slash Palestinian Authority national anthem, Biladi Biladi. Now, this interview program that I mentioned is called Kalman, um, Kalman Segal. It's Kalman Lipskin, two interviewers, Kalman Lipskin and Ariel Segal, both of which are excellent, both of whom are excellent journalists. Kalman Lipskin is, I think, Israel's leading investigative journalist, although the left wouldn't agree to it because he publishes things against them although everything is very clear and documented and so forth and they they were brought in to Khan into the uh, public Israeli uh, broadcast corporation in order to give some um, diverse diverse opinions it shouldn't all be left there should be some people on the right and that was the whole idea of doing away with the Israel Broadcast Authority and uh, starting this new authority called Khan. Here's a here's an overview of the uh, of the story that we're going to discuss just to give you the the bigger picture. Zahava Galon was a member of Knesset from 1999 to 2017 for 18 years, representing the Meretz Party, which is a very left, far left party in Israel, the only left left in Israel. <laughs> She's also the former leader of the Meretz Party. She was a leader from 2012 to 2018. In my mind, She's an example of the psychosis of Israel's radical left. And on the other side of this interview, you had the interviewer, Kalman Lipskin, who's a strong journalist on the right, as I said, who holds her feet to the fire until she can't keep changing the topic. And then you'll see what happens at the end, which is pretty surprising. She makes a proclamation during, as an answer to one of the questions that Israel, the Israeli government, should teach as part of their curriculum to all Israeli children. They should teach the narrative of the Nakba. 
the interviewer is incensed by the idea that the state of Israel should teach its students to be sensitive to the other side who wanted to kill us if Israel would not have persevered in 1948 we would not be around they wanted to wipe us out he tries to give an example and she doesn't like the example and she just throws a fit calls him names and You'll, you'll, now you'll hear all the details. We'll go back to the beginning. All right, so let's get these clips together. So uh, this is coming uh, uh, on, on the um, as a as a continuation of this interview, which uh, which he's uh, having with her, and he asks her about how she feels about this protest that she was one of the organizers of on Saturday night where there was a sea of PLO flags where they sang the uh, PLO national anthem, the Palestinian Authority national anthem from from the stage where they held up signs against occupation, all of which she has no problem with except one thing he says. But they also held up signs about the Nakba, about 72 years of occupation, which means they're decrying the fact that they couldn't wipe us out. How do you feel about that? He asks Zahava Galon. אני אני חושבת שמזמן מדינת ישראל הייתה צריכה להכיר באסון של הפלסטינים של הנגבה, ללמד את זה. שנייה, אוקיי, אני מכירה את הטיעון הזה. ללמד את הנרטיב. תקשיב, מי שלא לומד את הנרטיב... back and forth there's a lot of um, the two of them stepping on each other so I'm going to try and, and, and get out for you the, each, each little piece so she says it's, uh, it's long overdue that the state of Israel should recognize to recognize the disaster the tragedy of the Palestinians of the Nakba that the state of Israel should officially recognize the this this phony story as if you know out of nowhere these people were thrown out of their house and teach it in schools and he says you remember you remember that the arabs tried to wipe us out it is history he says to her so she says, trying to brush him off, Ah, yeah, I know that argument. Argument? It's not an argument, it's history. And he comes back to say that. But she continues. מי שלא לומד, אוקיי, let's go back to this audio. אני, אני חושבת שמזמן מדינת ישראל הייתה צריכה להכיר באסון של הפלסטינים של הנגבה, ללמד את זה. ניסו לחסל אותנו, את זוכרת. אוקיי, אני מכירה את הטיעון הזה. מה זה טיעון? ללמד את הנרטיב. תקשיב, מי שלא לומד את הנרטיב של השני, לא יודע לפתח אמפתיה לסבלו של השני. She brushes off his, his thing where he says, you know, they tried to kill us. She says, I know this argument. He says, argument? It's, it's not an argument. It's history. But she keeps going. 
if you don't learn the enemy's narrative, the other's quote-unquote narrative, meaning your enemy's narrative, you will not be able to develop sympathy for the suffering of the other. Your question is problematic, she says. So I'm thinking we should teach our children to have sympathy with the people that try to wipe us out by teaching them a narrative of lies that the Arabs made up? I don't don't get how that works exactly. But this is, that's why I call it a psychosis. This This is not normal. This is a people that somehow, part of them, part of us, have this idea that the enemy is 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 has just as much legitimacy as we do, even though the enemy is trying at every moment to kill us. Now, Kalman Lipskin tries to give her an example. Here, I'll I'll play this little clip of his attempt of giving her an example of what she's saying. That's as far as he got. He says, I'll give you an example. She tries to stop him, but he, he wins out. I'll give you an example, he says. It's example, a man tries to rape a woman. She, and that's as far as he got. That's as far as he got. Zahava Galon doesn't let him finish the sentence. Now, I assume what he was going to say was this. What you're saying is like, for example, a man tries to rape a woman, she fights back and is able to beat or kill her potential rapist, and now you want the woman to hear the narrative and sympathize with the man for why he wanted to rape her. And he's trying to say, Lipskin, that is how absurd your statement is. Now, she wouldn't let him say that because the minute he said, a man is trying to rape a woman, she just jumps. Okay, this is like stereo. <laughs> this is this whole uh, piece is a stereo. There's two. I'm, I'm going to f- separate out the two s- tracks for you here. She says, "Ani mamnitzal lechalaredet mamashal, en lo makom al tishtamesh bonus nashim." I suggest you don't use that example. Don't ever use rape as an example for anything. And he, where many journalists would have been scared to now, they're getting on the wrong side of the PC mafia, they would get scared to be called a misogynist and then and, and fired and whatever. He says, no, 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 no. I don't want not to use that. I don't want not to use that. You're saying... Let's see, did we play that part already? He says, no, I don't want to stop using this example. In effect, he says to her, you're saying that to want to eradicate the Jewish entity in the state of Israel is less severe than rape. Not to use the example, why? 
What is more serious offense? Meaning, if I'm trying to use rape as an example to somebody killing us, eradicating all of us, why is that a bad example? It's not making light of rape. Because what is more severe? What is more hamur, he asks her? Killing all the Jews? Murder? Genocide? Or rape? And he wants to continue to use the example and she won't hear of it. Now, what's interesting is, we're going to hear now what, what she ultimately says is her answer. She doesn't really have a good answer. She doesn't have a good answer of why she, she stood on the stage and allowed uh, a protest to continue that she's organizing and having people there sympathizing with the Nakba, sympathizing with calling the founding of the State of Israel a disaster, which basically takes away the legitimacy of the state in the first place, which so many are trying to do with BDS and so forth. But now she has something to grab a hold of. Ah, you're using rape as an example. You can't use rape as an example to anything, and that's it. And and now she's just going to try her best to stay with that and not let go and not have to answer the question. So here is her attempted answer. אני רוצה לפרק את התשובה שלי לשניים, כי אי אפשר לעבור את זה לסדר. השימוש שאתה עושה באונס נשים, כדי להקביל את זה למה שלא יהיה, החמור מכל זה מחפיר. מה יותר חמור? מה שאתה עושה עכשיו זה דבר חמור ביותר, שאתה משתמש באונס נשים. דבר נוסף. I won't just let this pass, she says. The use you're making of women's rape, no matter what you're comparing it to, is חמור מאוד. It's a very serious offense. It's מחפיר, it's, it's, uh, it, it, it's basically derisive of women and so forth. And he keeps saying to her, why? Why? I'm, I'm comparing it to something terrible. I'm not glorifying rape. I'm not saying it's good. I'm not doing anything other than comparing it to some other very bad thing. Now she won't hear of it. She won't hear of it because she wants to stand her ground and not have to really deal with the real issue. And then she goes on to the second part of her answer. She says she, she, she has two parts of the answer. The first part was, you can't use rape as an example for anything no matter what. And here's the second part of her answer. אף אחד לא מנסה לחסל אותך, ותראה את כבר מהפרנויה הזאת. מה היה כבר 48? אני עונה לך. אני אומרת לך מה קורה היום. לא, מבקשת שאנחנו נכרעת את הכאב של מי שניסה להרוג אותנו. ואני שואל אותך אותו דבר, ואני כן אתן לך את הדוגמה הזאת. Another thing, no one is trying to kill you. Stop with this paranoia. Now again, he's saying there are people glor- uh, glorifying this Nakba concept who basically saying the foundation of the state of Israel was a disaster, who basically say the fact that they wanted to wipe out the entire Jewish uh, um, population in the land of Israel in 1948 is something that we have to... Uh, understand the other side and sympathize with the side that wanted to kill us, that wanted to murder us, that wanted to wipe us out. She says, well, now nobody's trying to wipe you out. He says, but 
we're talking about 1948. She says, I don't care about that. Lipskin says, What happened in 48? They tried to negotiate with us? You want that we should feel the pain of the person that tried to annihilate us? And therefore, yes, I'm giving you this example. Well, this goes on for a while. And he refuses to not use the example, and she keeps repeating her non-answers. And they are, in fact, non-answers. She, she says... He, he says to her, what's worse? What, what, what is more shocking to you? The rape of women or what could have happened here in 48 with the entire Jewish people destroyed. And again, he's not calling for rape of women. He's using it as an example of a terrible, terrible thing that happens to somebody and no one would expect that the person should understand what the other side is thinking and feel sympathy for the other side, which is what she's calling for. Ultimately, there's a little back and forth and what happens? What happens is she can't she can't stand the heat and she can't answer because she doesn't have an answer so she says I'm not going to just move on and, and let this continue and she gets up and she left she left the interview in the middle that's it she's not willing it is such a typical leftist tactic I'm going to find something to throw at you, you're a misogynist, you're making light of rape, all not true. Take what you say and twist it and turn it into something else, then go crazy and ballistic and yell and scream at you, and then leave. Because there's no conversation, there's yelling and screaming and walking out. The next day, or, or two days after, whatever, of course, in Haaretz, Zahava Galon writes an op-ed piece, amongst other things she writes. This is my translation. I came up with a strategy. See, she, she's now proud of what she did. She came up with a strategy. Rather than falling into the trap and politely explaining the difference between national disputes and rape, the mental and physical murder of woman, women from the dawn of history the abyss of human suffering. We do not have to sit in the studio and discuss every crazy provocation of Israeli right, which has become extremist haters of human beings. Cultural discussions have standards and do not include misogyny, homophobia, and racism. Oh, here we go. There's no reason to participate in non-cultural debate, and it's certainly possible to turn the table. So she, this now is her strategy. She's, she's not going to allow it. And what does she say? National disputes and rape. That's what he was comparing. No, he wasn't comparing national disputes. He was comparing possible genocide, the plan of genocide and rape, the wiping out of the remainder of the Jewish people after the Holocaust. That's what he was comparing, but she won't obviously agree to that because she doesn't have 
an answer why we should feel sympathy for the people who wanted to wipe us out. It's just insane. I'll tell you what happened after that. We'll do some music. And then I'll share with you (laughs) the craziness of what happened after that. Uh, Brand new from the Shalva Band. I'm a little disappointed that it's in English. There's got to be a reason that basically, except for two words, the song is in English. It's called Touch. But I felt coming from the Shalva Band, we have... uh, which everybody loves and are coming out of Israel we're going to share that song with you so here it is, brand new Shalva Band this is Touch the video which is very nicely done beautifully executed Um, we will, it's on it's on uh, YouTube you can just look for it, Shalva Band Touch Uh, we will also list it on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash The Israel Show, my name is Mayor Weingarten you're tuned to The Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network
the Shalva Band with Touch. That's the name of the song, and beautiful video. You should really uh, take a look at it. It's very, 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 very well done. Well, so we're telling you the story um, of this interview that ended up um, in crash and burn when the um, when the uh, interviewee decided to leave because she just couldn't hear what the uh, other side had to say. It was so offensive, and she just wasn't ready to deal with it. The real reason she left, I believe, is because she really had no answer to his question, and whatever she would say would make her look silly. So she grabbed onto whatever she could and just threw out the typical, oh, you're misogynist, you're a homophobe and a racist and all that. And she blames all the right wing for going like this. This is like this is how they tar and feather an entire population of people. The right wing are mis- homophobes, misogynists, and racists. Yeah, beautiful. Okay, so the next day, Khan, K A N Kaf Aleph Nun which is the replacement of Rishut HaShidur, the Israel Broadcast Authority. The reason for the closing of the Israel Broadcast Authority and starting a new authority called Khan was because the Israeli government felt that the Israel Broadcast Authority, the IBA, called Yisrael, was, was terribly mismanaged, was corrupt, and did not give a diversified view of opinions in Israel. You saw the news always being given by, more or less, by white Ashkenazi, uh, uh, upper, um, you know, le- le- upper crust, left, left, left wing, and so forth. And the mandate that Khan was given was to create more of a diversity to show um, the 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 rich mix of Israel society, which includes Haredim, which includes Datim Lumim, which includes Ethiopians, which includes so many, I mean, uh, Sfaradim, of course, and so forth. And at the beginning, there was this move, and they hired certain people, although they tried their best, the management, who were a lot of people that were still from the old guard, they tried to keep out the right-wingers and the diversity group, so to speak, but uh, they had no choice, and so they took some. And now, slowly but surely, they're getting rid of all those who have a different viewpoint, who are not left. We're going right back to where we were with Israel Broadcast Authority. For example, Emily Amorusi was a great journalist. She had a program out. Benny Teitelbaum, out. Um, and Yaakov Achimeir, who's who's legendary in Israel, legendary. They they stopped his show. No, it had been on the air for too long, and so forth. And now, the day after the interview that we're talking about, the interview that we just played for you, they announced that this program of Kalman Lipskind and Ariel Segal. Is is being cancelled? It's it's take, they took it off the schedule. It's no longer. They're going to replace it with something else. Oh wow! Talk about shutting up 
divergent opinions, talk about no freedom of speech. No, no, it has nothing to do with that interview. Just by chance, it happens on the next day. No, no, we just need to refresh. We need to refresh the schedule. We need to bring in new blood. Well, their program was on for like two years and and got better ratings than any other program in their time period. And the new blood that they're bringing in is somebody who's been... (laughs) who's been there for like decades but the message is being sent you attack the left you express opinions that are not PC you're out this my friends is the problem in America and the problem in Israel as well although in Israel it's less of a problem because thankfully you have people like Lipskin and Segal who as much as the left are trying to shut them up are not going down quietly hopefully won't be going down at all there is a kicker to this story this past Motzei Shabbat I should start by saying that every Motzei Shabbat there is a program basically called Meet the Press Pregosh et Ha'itonut Meet the Press and the host of Meet the Press in Israel is a uh, woman by the name of Rina Matzliach who hates Netanyahu I mean hates Netanyahu with a passion Excuse me. And they were talking on this panel of of commentators, mainly left-wingers, obviously. They were discussing whether Netanyahu will go to elections or not go to elections or or stay, stay the term or not. And one of the analysts there on the panel says... No, no, he, he's not going to risk it. So many people are out of work. So many people are, are suffering because of the coronavirus, economically suffering terribly, that you know how it is. The economics really have a, a tremendous influence, and you never know if Netanyahu's base will end up voting against him because of the economic situation. And Rina Matzliach says, oh... Netanyahu's base is just solid. Now, you may remember that Donald Trump once said at a rally that his supporters are so solid that even if he would shoot someone on Fifth Avenue, they would still vote for him. Right? Well, Rina Matzliach had her own little version of that. If If Bibi did something no matter how bad it is, a certain thing, they would still vote for him. Now, of course, she didn't say it in her own name. She said, people in the Likud often say, I don't know if that's true or not, and here I'm going to bring for you this uh, five-second clip of what she said, and then I'll translate. Netanyahu supporters keep saying, even if he will rape my daughter, I'd still vote for him. You hear this? A, left, a woman of the left says, BB supporters say, even if he would rape my daughter, I would still vote for him. 
Whoa! Where's the outrage? Where's the outcry? Because she's from the right, the correct, I should say. She's from the correct group. She's a woman of the left. She hates Netanyahu. She can compare rape. Now, she didn't apologize. But when the show was over, she was called in to the boss because the the yelling and screaming in public was huge and they couldn't just let it go. And she was not fired no no she was she was sent out for, i think it's one week of uh of not of uh, not being able to work i forgot the word i'm looking for hashaya they um they banned her from working for a week i think it was a week i'll i'll check it up a week two weeks nothing a joke a joke a joke punishment that just comes and goes and that's it you understand if you're on the right, your show gets canceled. If you're on the left, they send you out without pay for a week and a half or two weeks. And don't worry, I'll make it up to you. It, it, seldom do you have such a great... Yeah, she, so she, she, was, um, she was sent away for a week. She was... Um, I can't think of the word right now, but in English, but you understand what I'm saying. One week. These guys have their program canceled. But it was against Netanyahu. And it's from one who is it's from someone who's against Netanyahu is amazing it's amazing and it reminds me again and again I keep repeating this we must we must invest both in Israel and in America but in America it's much more difficult but in Israel it's not as difficult we must invest in having our own people in the media it's a trend in Israel that has begun but must be strengthened. People like Lipskind and Segal are so important because they bring the message that we believe and we know is true. Rina Matzliach was suspended, by the way, is the... Um, is the word I was looking for. She had a one-week suspension. That big deal. No, no, no. Shame, shame, shame. We must invest in getting people, right people, into the media. We must, we must get young blood of the right wing, like Amit Segal, like Erel Segal, like Kalman Lipskin, like so many others who represent us, not enough. Not enough. <clears throat> if there are any great philanthropists out there, 
this is where you should look to invest your money. Whether it's a religious Zionist journalism school or, 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 or just helping specific young up-and-coming religious Zionist journalists, we must be able to fight back and we're starting to but we need to continue okay we're going to wrap up with Yosef Kardunar and Kita Avor Bamaim. before that as always we say we say we say no we say thank you <laughs> Thanks so much for listening. Thanks for all your Facebook likes and comments. Facebook.com slash The Israel Show. Thanks to the staff of the Nachum Siegel Network. And my very special thanks, as always, to Nachum Siegel. Coming up on the Nachum Siegel Network, Yoni Pollock with After Further Review, covering the latest in the world of sports. And then Novak now with Jake Novak. And then the great Monday Music Marathon. On Thursday morning... I'll be filling in for Nachum over at JMDM. I hope you will join me, 6 to 9. And then Monday we're back here. So until then, this is Mayor Weingarten reminding you that nice guys do not finish last. They're just running in a different race. Zartika Kitab